Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Alex hey, hello. and Dan. Hey. The show where we talk about issues and ideas by using pop culture as the springboard. And today, we're going to talk about the great take on the rite of passage story that Netflix's new original series, End of the Fucking World, just brought to us. So, spoiler alert, sit back, relax, and if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, guys, what did we think about End of the Fucking World? Um, overall, very positive feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Um, every character was not one-dimensional. Every character was multi-dimensional. <laughs> um, You're doing great. Thanks. <laughs> and I felt for every character and could relate to some extent to every character. Uh, I enjoyed the follow-through of consequences a lot in the sense that uh, a lot of like their crimes keep on piling up on top of each other and cascading, like making their uh, their situation all the more uh, like running into a dead end. Made for compelling watch. Yeah, compelling is a good word for it. I, I was very interested in seeing what happens because this is a very old kind of story of two teenagers who are kind of on the outside run away together yeah just bonnie and cliding it yeah yeah bonnie and cliding it but um this added the really fun element of james in the in the very first episode says i'm a psych i think i'm a psychopath and i've decided i want to kill somebody and he marks Alyssa as uh who is the bonnie to his clyde as his first target so that adds a really nice element to the tried and true story of two teenagers trying to find themselves by running away from society yeah uh one thing i was afraid of when i watched the trailer was are they gonna accidentally portray as if there's a cure to being a sociopath mm -hmm. and i was really worried that it was gonna take this turn of like he's a sociopath but true love fixed him. yeah um, it was true love's kiss. That was all we needed. <laughs> uh, and I was really glad that's not the direction it took. It was more of he had trauma. He developed this coping mechanism that led him to believe something about himself that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does a great job of, uh, despite James trying to tell us otherwise, you're not fully convinced of his uh, sociopath tendencies or whatnot, despite him showing us like, it's like oh, I started to I started with animal animals <laughs> with animals and uh, got bigger. There's there's just something about the way the show sets it up that uh, doesn't leave you fully convinced, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, it definitely plays around with that space. Yeah, the title is very fitting, end of the fucking world, because while James and Alyssa have gone through traumas, they are still teenagers. And I think it's very relatable when you're a teenager and you've only been around for a relatively very short amount of time. Everything feels like it's the end of the world. I think because of that, watching it even only a couple years older than they were in the show, as Dan said, you're listening to James and some of it is just like, no, I think you're like, 
you know he's not finished growing yeah, as a person. Yeah, like, it will get better. Again, not because things like sociopathy are just cured, but you're a teenager and things are going to be better eventually in perspective. Right. Hindsight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the category of, like, rite of passage movies, this was a raw take mm -hmm. and had the added aspect of we were in the minds of James and Alyssa from time to time and we got to hear like exactly what they were thinking and and then watch what they actually say to the other person and watch them like not match a lot and then like when it gets into a really intense moment where they're finally like very vulnerable to each other they have thoughts, we hear those thoughts, and then they say exactly what they're thinking, and you're like, aww. <laughs> yeah, especially that whole, like, hearing their thought process. I just go back to the, uh, what was it, the, the second or the third episode where they, uh, I think it's the beginning of the second episode where he steals his father's car, mm -hmm. crashes it into the tree or whatever, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's smoking, and she's like, Alyssa's thinking to herself, is like, oh shoot, like, I, I guess we go home, and she, uh, she asks James, should we go home? And then James has his own internal thought process and sort of he answers what she's already fearing and then gets defensive about that's what we shouldn't do, even though she already thinks that's mm -hmm. what should be done. Yeah, I think in that scene, like while she's getting defensive, she says, um, well, I'm going to keep running away whether you join me or not. And then you hear mm -hmm. her thoughts and she says, I really hope he says that he's going to join me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that similar aspect when there was a murder in the mm -hmm. in the show, mm -hmm. there was a part where James was like, wow, Alyssa's really calm about this. And they'd go into Alyssa's head and she's like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Um, that, the, the first murder, I <laughs> was, it is the official stance of two bald men and friend that murder is bad. <laughs> but while uh, this man is attacking Alyssa, James is like hidden under the bed and I was like James is actually gonna kill somebody but it's not gonna be Alyssa <laughs> and I was like very excited for him to do it it was definitely the turning point in the yeah. series without a doubt and there is I just really liked going back to what you said Dan consequences build mm -hmm. and so it wasn't like they killed him and now they're gonna like copy what was on TV and it actually work they're going to mm -hmm. copy what's on TV, and that's not how it works, and you're not going to be they're, successful. Now they're uh, accused of both murder and robbing a convenience store, and it looks increasingly bad. <laughs> the convenience store scene is so much fun. Poor Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your name. Like yeah, your birth name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... like your I don't like my life. <laughs> yeah. Do something about it. <laughs> it's just in the face of everything we've seen up till then, seeing this this other person like have this quote unquote triumphant moment where they simply yeah. knock over a little canister yeah. full of uh, cancer pins or whatnot. It just yeah. seems trivial in comparison. It's, yeah. it's pretty hilarious. But I did like that as as it was kind of a throwaway joke, but I do like that sentiment in context of I don't like my life. Do something about it. And he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he kind of loses control 
immediately. Far <laughs> far less than they did, but he's he had he's less st- direction with yeah. the out of control that he was. Yeah. He was chugging milk. Yeah. <laughs> he, he like he, yeah, he started with knocking over like keychains, then he's like chugging milk and like stealing things. And like he tries to run away with James and yeah. Alyssa. But they're like, "Oh, no, see, we got to go do this other thing." <laughs> I will say rewinding to the murder a bit. Up until that point, uh, Alyssa had been very take charge of the situations and nothing seemed to phase her too much in the sense of, oh, if this waitress is giving me sass, I'll like one up her sass wise and just like leave the scene or whatever. You're almost, I'm almost surprised. It sort of took me for a loop, uh, just her reaction to murder, like the concept of murder in general, in the sense of, I was surprised that her anarchist, like, compass moral code didn't accept like the fact that they had killed somebody mm-hmm. and since like james is so quick to jump on it and you're already like uh sort of accustomed to james's uh acquaintance with death and murder but with uh Alyssa's mindset she she is not aligned with james there at all right yeah, I th- and i think it's because james had a much more like problem like he had more of a problem like Alyssa was kind of just a rebel without oh, a cause. Yeah, she was a rebel, whereas James had seen like a very he had a very traumatic incident. Yeah, his mother had yeah as a child killed herself in front of him. And so, Alyssa mouths off to the waitress because she knows what's going to happen. They're going to ask me to leave. Mm-hmm. When someone is murdered, it's like oh shit, this has real consequences. I am a teenager. <laughs> Like, this this could seriously, like, screw up the rest of my life. So I think that's why when, like, the going gets tough, she just kind of doubles down on, I'm going to run away. Like, we're going to find my dad. Right. And, like and with the with the murder, that also pulls you for a loop of, this is a TV show, it's like a on netflix and it's gonna be like quirky and funny and it's gonna have its own rules but when it comes to like the psychological consequences of their actions they're fairly realistic like they they're obviously elevated and they're sped up in certain parts but they're realistic in the sense of like james throws up (laughs) and then he just wipes his mouth goes sorry (laughs) (laughs) um and then she Alyssa starts being afraid of james james isn't just quirky to her anymore now it's like wait why has he been quirky this whole time it wasn't this knight in shining armor moment where like james rose through the cajun it was very much the opposite yeah yeah and even she even starts saying like don't forget you killed a man and in james's mind it's like the the, the next time she refers to it like once there's like an epiphany moment she says we killed a man and he's very reassured again of mm-hmm. like, okay, we're in this together again. Yeah, I love that line. He says, I'm very happy that Alyssa has started referring to it as we. And I think that is just a very, like you said, a realistic human thing to be like, okay, I did this bad thing. I want to kind of alleviate some of the burden from like the fault from myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really think this was just a great rite of passage movie because the characters and the consequences were very real, even though it was in this heightened reality. Right. Um, 
overall, I enjoy rite of passage stories, whether in books or in movies. But some of them... Oh, you read? You're so classy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, actually, the first time I learned the phrase rite of passage, I think was like too late in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I feel like everyone... The like English curriculum in high school. There's like that whole like a buildings whole Roman unit, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Catcher in the Rye, whatever book that is, where they're in some sort of boys like all boys school during the war. And oh, then a separate swimmer. piece. Oh, sorry. Yes, oh, the most piece. incredible <laughs> book in the world. <laughs> yeah, where he heck. shakes the tree and like <laughs> debilitates the guy, yeah. and then. The guy lives vicariously through him. That's the one. Oh, You're thinking man. of Gattaca. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember like in ninth grade reading a short story of this kid who moves somewhere and he has like no one to bond with. So he starts swimming in this watering hole, finds a tunnel underwater, and then like trains himself and holds his breath for like over the course of the summer to get through the tunnel over to the other side. And it's like, I guess like, that was the first time the teacher was like, this is a rite of passage story. And I was like, well, that was stupid. I don't get it. <laughs> and was it because I hadn't gone through a rite of passage? I don't know. Yeah, you're like, that's stupid. People don't go through rite of passages. And they're like, just you wait, mister. Like, all these teachers are just assigning it because they're like, tee, they have no idea they're going yeah. through it now. And we experience this. I hope that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, like, the, while you're teaching... Um, catcher in the rye they're just like i wonder which one of these kids is gonna hire a prostitute (laughs) (laughs) to learn a bit more about himself (laughs) yeah that's i don't think that's what teachers are thinking but (laughs) (laughs) if i were to hazard a guess (laughs) i would agree that if we're gonna get into it now the curriculum for high school doesn't necessarily match my mindset and i actually hate how right like my teachers were and how correct the stories were Mm -hmm. in hindsight and i wonder if i would be able to make sense of what was happening to me without those stories that i was forced to read in high school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's (laughs) we mentioned hindsight i think you can't go through a rite of passage and as it's happening, be like, oh, I guess this is my rite of passage. I think <laughs> this is it. Yeah, I, th- I think a prerequisite is that you are not aware of it until years later. Right. Because, until the growth. Yeah. Until, until you figure out what defined you, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So James and Alyssa don't understand that this is their rite of passage. They're just, they think it's the end of the world. They're like, I'm going to run away. Because, and just keep running. Because uh, they both think their parents are assholes. Uh, Alyssa's kind of are. James's dad is so unfairly treated. <laughs> I really enjoy. He's just him. an optimistic single father. Yeah. yeah. And again, like James, James says in the movie, like I hate my father because my mom died instead of him. Yeah. And I guess it was like this sense of like I love my mom more than I loved my dad, and. This not only is he a single parent, but while the son, while James is coping with the death of a mother, the father is coping with the death of a wife and a mother and and all of that. And like, obviously, he's not going to know how to deal with that. And his solution was sort of 
joke around, be optimistic, whereas James internalized all of it and said, let me feel numb for the rest of my life so that I don't Mm -hmm. have to feel the weight of my mother's death. And so I guess like I understand that resentment, but to me, it didn't really add up. James is a very like perspective character and I'm not sure why, like he does a lot of research and I'm not sure why he didn't have that aspect of the psychology of his father. He he gets there at one point, sort of, where Alyssa has left him and he's all by himself and he says, I don't like being alone because it's quiet and like there's nothing to help you hold back your emotions. Mm-hmm. And then he says, maybe that's why my dad is always talking because he never felt comfortable being alone. And then it's like a flashback of his dad always like joking, but like his dad looks very sad while he's doing it. No, I don't think it was a flashback so much as showing where he was. He has the frozen peas to his uh, face and you can hear like the laugh track of a sitcom he's watching like go on. It was, it was, yeah, there was a clip of a flashback of like him like eating or something. And then a clip of almost him in the same position, but it's the present. Uh Um, And it's, yeah. And James has a good line of, he never realized how loud silence was. It's deafening. And I guess you're right. He does have like an epiphany of maybe my this is what my father's been doing. Mm-hmm. I like the portrayal of trauma. And like mm-hmm. in this movie, they reference like sexual harassment and like sort of like molestation a couple of times. And that's an, that's a difficult topic to cover especially in what might be viewed as like a comedy drama type of thing Mm -hmm. but i think they do it productively in the sense of they don't belittle it at all they sort of use it as justifications of hating their situation but also like a discovery of these personalities and to ensure that we realize time and time again that they are just kids and traumatic things are happening to them and they don't know what to do with it and this is their solution and it sort of keeps us on their side yeah just about i would say with maybe the exception of the two detectives and perhaps the security guard towards the end most every adult is painted in a negative light in Mm -hmm. uh in this series yeah and in that sense going back to Alyssa being just a kid and being a rebel without a cause. She tries to shoplift from a store. The security guard catches her, takes her into like his office, I guess, as like a makeshift. I'm going to like wait here. I'm going to call your parents. I'm going to call the police. He has to go deal with something else. And he's like, wait here. And then she says like, oh, he's an idiot leaves and the thing he's dealing with is another incompetent adult who has lost his allowed his child to get lost so Mm -hmm. yeah so she finds the child brings it back and then the security guard is like okay like just leave don't steal anything else and then she steals on her way out even though she's been given (laughs) all these opportunities she's like i'm just gonna keep breaking the rules because i am a rebel and I have no cause. Yeah, but you, you do get some insight in that scene of Alyssa's life where the security guard catches her and brings her to the back. 
And one of the first things she says is, don't touch me or I don't want to sleep oh, with you. Oh, that is true. Yes. Um, Almost as if that's her form of self-defense, going yeah. straight to accusing adults yeah. of that. And he sort of has a very smart response that shuts down Alyssa's uh, <laughs> yeah. accusation immediately, essentially. But it's like the her perspective of adults is they take advantage of children. Yes. Yeah. He, he takes her away and the first thing she thinks is he wants to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually forgot about that, but watching it, I was like, oh no, like that's horrible. Like that's, that's her, that's that, her, that's her um, default perspective. Yeah, that's her reality that she feels the need to immediately like put up that wall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, I, th- I think that sensitive topic, they show um, James's mother kill herself in front of him. And they're touch they're touching on all these very sensitive topics very well in a way that like these topics can normally be presented as taboo or people might say like, oh, like you shouldn't have shown that, things like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're right, but I think the show handled it very well. Yeah. Um, near the end, we hear like the story of James's mother kill herself and see it. But like different people discover it at different times. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that Alyssa does when she hears the story is reassure James that it wasn't his fault. And you can tell that he really needed to hear that. And that's one thing that often doesn't get addressed with like trauma. The mm-hmm. sense of it's not your fault. Yeah, And yeah, that was the whole James had half that episode where you think he's turning himself in for the murder of the... Uh whatever novelist pedophile whatever but he's really uh just now was it coming to terms with like his mother's yeah passing which i would say i think my favorite part about that scene was just displaying more of the uh incompetence of adults where uh the sort of uh looked like the lone officer in like the deserted station or whatever was like trying to deal with the the issue very uh do you want to speak to a woman yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of how Alyssa comforted James, and like that's something that isn't normally portrayed, their relationship evolved like very nicely, I think. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to use him for some fun. He's like, I'm going to murder her. That was the beginning of their relationship. And it's very clear, like, you see scenes of them before they run away, where they're clearly, like, not interested in each other, but they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then, by the end, Alyssa assaults a police officer so she doesn't get separated from James. And, like, you believe it. Mm-hmm. On that note, I do want to kind of break away that is my one critique of this series is that it was a series it's eight episodes the whole thing is like just under three hours and while it's very slow paced and i think that's important i think they could have cut out a little bit of stuff and just made it a two-hour movie the reason i'm nitpicking this is because the only reason i could see making it a series is to have a second season and I don't think it should have a second season. I agree. I'm a little frightened of the ending. And I would be very comfortable with that being 
the ending yeah. of the story. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it technically was a cliffhanger. Even that, like, if we were guaranteed that there wasn't a second season, I could just accept it's not a cliffhanger. They just didn't show it. Yeah. Whereas because it's a Netflix series and they had a season one, that means that there might be a season two. And now I'm less excited about that ending. Yeah. Um, so if it, like what you were saying, sorry, Joe, uh, was no, like, no, you're no, I, that was basically like, if it were a movie, we'd be more assured that it, there wouldn't be a sequel. And then be mm-hmm. comforted with the fact that this is standalone, and it is what it is. I can see that. Yeah. Um, to completely spoil the ending, if you want to watch it, stop listening now. <laughs> but James turns himself in for murder. Alyssa assaults a police officer. And then she's captured, and James is... This is the cliffhanger, either shot or maybe just taken down, and then they catch him. So, like, the only way season two can happen is if, like, they're both in jail. And that just doesn't seem interesting to me. The animal, the animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a crossover. No, that <laughs> um, That'd be not good. But no, yeah. there's just this moment where uh, uh, Eunice, I believe the other uh, detective's name is, where... She's about the only uh, redeeming adult on their... Well, at least trying to be on their side, but still mm-hmm. in Alyssa and James's eyes is just trying to detain them and mm-hmm. such and can really only promise them like getting off with just manslaughter or whatnot, which they are not about, despite that being their absolute best option. They continue to run away from it. Yeah, she is doing everything she can to try to make it their best possible scenario and they're just not having it Mm -hmm. and well it's more so Alyssa and then James just kind of goes along with whatever Alyssa um prescribes I I would say just about at the end there is the only part where uh James is refuting Alyssa's plans and finally comes to terms like once he discovers that he's 18 there's almost something that clicks there not that that's what happens yeah. when you actually yeah. turn 18 but he well no that's the coming of age story he's an adult now <laughs> yeah so he realized which yeah, it, it he now does. has hindsight and, <laughs> and it does definitely raise that uh <laughs> that question as well it's like when do we like fully finish developing or become adults in the sense that like is it just that magic like tick you're 18 now and it certainly raises a uh, question yeah. i mean the the <laughs> idea of adolescence being its own category in psychology is still fairly new and they're still like extending that more and more as time goes on it was like 13 to 18 then it was 13 to 21 then it was 13 to 25 and now we don't know <laughs> it's whenever they move out that's when they're <laughs> <laughs> so the the parents the enemies would like to think yeah so are there any final thoughts on end of the fucking world or teen rite of passage movies um i'd say overall the show did the theme justice and they addressed plenty of difficult topics 
in a polite way, in a sensitive way, and in a way where the viewer could get uncomfortable, but overcome it with a little bit of comedy and then move forward. Yeah, definitely raised a lot of questions I haven't seen m many uh, books or films do before. And um, yeah, made you uncomfortable, which is great. Uh, I know I was sort of explaining to you before that like I totally related to James in the sense of just going along with things. Alyssa has that moment where she's like, like feels she needs to double guess what she's doing to James. Or, like, do you actually want to do this? Are you just going along with me? And oof, I like them questions being asked. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. <clears throat> you could with a clear throat. I could. I, <laughs> I couldn't have said that better myself. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about why Pixar's Coco is so important for representation. If you liked us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. Thank you again, and if you were driving, we hope you got there safely and on time. <laughs>